Welcome to another segment of Market Overdrive. I am your host, Carla Mina, with Cole Banker. And um, we have a little technical issues here. It's already started. I can't hear myself. Because we were listening to like 70s music in our ears. Whose idea was that? That's them. Back that the there. elevator music? Producer the elevator music? Now, now I can hear it. You can hear it? I don't it? think it was elevator I can't hear music. you, which is mm-hmm. great. It sounded like something that should have been on Skinamax late at night, to be honest with you. I don't listen to Skinamax. Skinamax? I go to bed at nine. Okay, I'm good. Great oh. segment today. Another day, another Wednesday, another Market Overdrive. It's Market Overdrive time. <laughs> <laughs> It's the, it's the worst <laughs> intro ever. I mean, you know what? Yeah. The worst was it the Mexican ever. mules? Was it the Mexican mules? Is getting to everyone? What are you talking about? What are we? I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, jeez. We are drinking on the job. <laughs> drinking on the job. <laughs> Police officers don't need to do this, but we can. Our beautiful Nikki brought us some uh, um, meals because I guess she she's won. An aware, she's an award a, winner. Award-winning. Award-winning. Mule maker. Mule maker. Pinto bean, spicy something. I'm just kidding. Did, it's no pinto bean in here. But I, I never heard of a Mexican mule. I it's said, a poblano. What? She said a poblano. A poblano. Thank I'm, you. See, we love WGN because they really take care of us. And the beautiful Nikki, of course. I heart you. I heart you too. <laughs> Be careful when Nick says I heart you, though. Mm. He doesn't wow. really mean all that. Mm. How are you, Javi? I'm doing great today. I do love the headphones. You like the headphones? Yes, I do. I want to compliment you. Thank you. I had to step it up. I felt like out of place. You guys had the nice Beats headphones and everything. I was like, you know, I got to step it up. You got to step it up. <laughs> Nick, how do you feel? Nick, you told me those you're going to have pretty, blinged out those, diamond those are some uh, headphones. Those pretty heavy this antennas, week. though, man. I, right? Look you at look these like you things. can radiate the world on those antennas. I possibly can. You'd <laughs> be surprised. It sure. reminds me of somebody. I'm going to figure it out before the end of the show who you remind me of. Oh, I'm pretty on. sure it's going to be someone super cool. <laughs> and can we remind DZ to like uh, pan to everybody as they're talking? Because sometimes I find myself doing my hair and then Javi's like wiping his head. I'm wiping like just like background right like, technical boom, boom. support stuff. Technical support. Let's right. knock on DZ. Well, enough about us. Yes, Javier, let's... you brought a special yeah, guest so to the studio today. Why don't you I actually your brought a really good friend of mine. We've known each other for probably over 15 years. We actually got our start at that same 5057 North Harlem office. Um, and he's been doing really well in the market. And I wanted to discuss a lot of our viewers are talking about hey you know what Javier we're thinking about possibly moving we want to get into a better school district but we need to do it in a time crunch so today I got Greg Chirone with uh, Interdome Realty he's going to be helping us and assisting us in a couple of tips that we could give to our consumers in regards to what we can possibly do to make sure that we execute a home purchase on a short time frame so Greg welcome to the show thank you thanks for having me guys Tell uh, us, Greg, tell us a little bit about yourself. We normally like to get a yeah. um, little bit of an idea of you know your background, your resume, how long you've been doing this, why you get into it, the whole nine yards. Uh, of course, I love real estate, so that's number one thing why I'm, I'm in it. Uh, I've been in the business for about 15 years now. Oh, uh, yeah, I started, time. Yeah. You look pretty young for being in 15 years. Yeah, no, I started young. <laughs> so did I. I'm impressed. All right. But thank you. But, you know, in the beginning, I started part-time, build up my relationship, build up my network, and, um, you know, and then been full-time the past 10 years. Nice. So, Look at that. 15 years. I, I, th- I swear I thought he was like three or four years in because he looks We so were like 20-year-olds no. in that office when we first started. We were 20. Yeah, we were, we were in 20s. 20. That's why. I remember those years. Yeah, so I'm 35 years, now. Times. I'm getting old. I know. Three kids. Oof. So yeah, one kid. <laughs> How many kids do you me. have, He's got Nick? three kids over there. Documented? <laughs> How many documented kids? <laughs> Undocumented kids. <laughs> <laughs> I plan to have a lot one day. Good for you. That's all it's never yes. too late. So We need more memetics in Today's world. topic. Let's get into today's topic. What was it again exactly? I just want to refresh it. How to buy in a short time frame. 
You know, Quite I always kind of tell everyone yeah. anytime you're looking to do something on a short time frame, it's kind of similar like when you're going on a vacation in the last minute, right? There's going to be some sacrifices yep. that you might need to make. Yep. So I always kind of <clears> discuss <throat> with people in regards to your wants, your needs, and your live withouts, right? What can you possibly live without? Because sometimes if you're in a short time frame, you might not get everything that you might possibly be looking for, but you might have to take a look at, well, what are the necessities, right? So one of the things that me and Greg were discussing the other day was in regards to school districts, sometimes what the cost of like private schooling could possibly be. That's something that could sometimes kind of weigh into the equation when you're considering possibly making an uh, an offer on a property and maybe offering a little bit over asking price. If you're really looking at the cost of private schooling, anywhere between five to 7,000, let's say you have a kid who's gonna be going to co- uh, high school or something like that, you're looking at about 28 to 34,000 in private schooling just for that term for high school. So if you're really looking to get into a desired school district, that might be something that you might put into the equation as to why you might be overbidding on that specific property. What are your thoughts on that, Greg? Correct, absolutely. And that's if you have one child, because if you have two or three, then multiply that by three. So I, I really think if uh, you got to look at the big picture all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when you're buying a house and you, and you see a house and there's multiple bidding, then if, uh, if it's a good property, why not overbid a little bit? You know, uh, because if you even if you're overbidding a little bit, but you secure the property, you got to look at the long term. You look in the long term, you're saving money on the schools. Uh, because if you send into private, especially if you're in a good uh, school district, you're going to you're going to save quite a bit. And then also, if you look in long term, too, uh, the property might appreciate. You might get a lot of a lot of gains or the value might, might adjust. Like I have examples like from properties, people that bought, let's say, in 2011, 2012. Back then, they're like, oh, Greg, should we do the multiple? Should we really go above price? And they were a little afraid. But now, <clears> guess what? Now they're sitting at 60, 70,000 equity because the market adjusted and, uh, and, and they have the value in the property. Okay. Right. So, Greg, let's take it back a little bit to yeah, you. No Obviously, we're talking about buying in a time crunch, but I think more specifically for families, right? Relocating mm-hmm. because it is summer break and most of the parents want to get their uh, kids back in school um, or a school of their choice and they're relocating because of school boundaries. Um, you're a family man. You have three children. Absolutely. When somebody as a family tells you, I want to buy something and I want to be in a property by, say, September, no later than mm-hmm. August per se, right? Because of yeah, the schooling. Of um, and they, But then you're asking them to understand the market and understand there is a multiple bidding uh, market out there and you're saying we're going to have to pay a premium so not necessarily overpay for something I just think the timing you're gonna have to pay a premium how do you educate your clients how do you make them understand and you're talking about uh, value over time I think that's a very significant Mm -hmm. uh, you know advice like people have to understand that Uh, but when it comes to paying a premium most even first-time buyers no one wants to pay a premium so how do you justify that Absolutely, and and that's why you have to you know you got to create that rapport and relationship with the with the buyer. So it doesn't like it doesn't take like the first second showing, and they're gonna pay above asking. They're probably gonna see like about a hundred listings online, of properties like you know from any website from Zillow to Redfin from the ones that I set I set them up, and then we're gonna do showings. You know, you need an agent that, you know, is aggressive, is on top of it, and probably going to be Or do willing. you need a, an agent that's a, a king in listings and flipping properties and has all you, the new rehabs <laughs> and everybody wants to buy you his might. rehabs? You <laughs> might, but people, even that, even that people still want to I mean, let's see. not be shy about it. You control a lot of that market, a lot of that single family up northwest, right? Yeah. God bless So yeah. you have your own staff to give them. I do, I do. And, you know, and not only and that. And you might have to pay a little extra for it. <laughs> no, 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 no. And every time I called you to let me buy your Absolutely properties, not. you're like, they're already under contract. 
contract. I just can't get through to you. What's going on? But if you got, an, you. But if you got an extra on? ten grand, we can make something work. <laughs> Wait, no. can I tell you a story? I no. literally texted him, called him, emailed him. Oh boy! And was like, oh. Hi, I'm gonna, br- I'm gonna bring it out there. She's gonna bring it out there. I was like, Greg, what is it gonna take? This is a shout out for Stephanie though. She made me shop with her for like nine months, and I swear his property was the perfect property for my client. And I was like, Greg, what's it gonna take? What's it gonna take? He's like, You're very close. No, you're not. You're very far. I was like, Just give me a number. So yeah, no, kudos to you. Really you control front, a lot of that. But I had to give the right, you know, equal opportunity to everybody. You know how what? Yeah, I liked you, but <laughs> I like that. I we it's friends. like I gotta give equal opportunity to everyone. We're you not know, doing any favors. <laughs> but you understand but, uh, because as a listing agent, you understand yeah. that some some of these properties are flying off the market, and people Absolutely. are paying paying premiums for them specifically and, and, if they want mm-hmm. them now. Absolutely, and that's why it, it's really important to educate your buyer. You know, like myself, I do I do listing and I represent buyers and sellers a lot. So I, under, I understand how it works on the seller side and the buyer side. So when I meet a buyer, we sit down, we go for coffee. I'm like, don't worry, let's go out for two, three hours. Let's just let's chat. And we go over Your all the- Your clients get coffee from you, huh? Yeah, I'm well, a big coffee guy. That's what I should do. I should take my clients out for You don't even hand over a bottle of water. You- <laughs> I got <laughs> meals. You got mules. I'm giving out mules. She gets them drunk before they come into the offer. <laughs> or sometimes they got Here, have this mule, and then we're going to sign this offer. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. But I, I do agree with you. Education is key, specifically it because is. the market is crazy, and we read about it everywhere. Yeah. It's in social media, and we're always complaining <clears throat> as agents. We're posting on our timelines on social media. But it is true, and the consumer doesn't get it. They just know that they're stepping up, and they're getting more home. Correct. They're moving to the burbs. Um, so it is just it is it's just so about the timing. So let me ask you two a question. Right. What are two things that, or a couple things that people maybe shouldn't sacrifice if they're definitely going to have to buy in a crunch, right? So it's like I know we have those situations where people are like, "Hey, my lease is expiring, mm-hmm. and we need to get into a property within the next sixty to ninety days." What would you say are some things that are definitely pivotal for someone who is looking to make that strategic relocation? I know, Carla, you do a lot of relocations and stuff like that, too. You've done that as well. Absolutely. What would be some of the things that you would say are definitely some things that you wouldn't want to sacrifice when you're actually putting in a bid or actually doing a home search? You know, it depends. It goes case by case. Every scenario is different. Mm-hmm. So if the person is, is really important in the location and they don't want to sacrifice the location because, let's say, their mom lives around the corner and they need the mom for babysitting or a relative. So that's important for them. So maybe, you know, you sacrifice a little bit of the yard because you're close to your parents. Okay. Uh, all then some folks is like, you know what, I, it's not important for me a location. I want a bigger house. Okay. Uh, so it depends. It, it's just about the wants and the needs. It really, yeah, it okay. depends. Nick? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having like an audio issue. It's you're going having a lot of issues over there. Why did you decide to move? Because I like it better here. No, you're too close. It's already done. Go back. Nope. <sighs> I'm not giving the seat up. I'm just yeah. saying right anyway. now. Don't, don't you it. dare do it. I will stay here with all these spotlights all over there. me. Look you at look this shiny forehead. I love it. Going back to shopping in a time crunch yeah. and for families, it's, mm-hmm. you know, family relocation, boundaries matter. I do agree with you, right? People have to understand exactly what it is that they're willing to not live with. I think as long as you're in the location of your choice, you can sacrifice condition. Unfortunately, some of these neighborhoods that we're looking at, for example, we have a lot of people who are moving from, say, um, you know, Lakeview, Lincoln Park, some Absolutely. of these neighborhoods in the east and are moving further west because they can get more square footage mm-hmm. for their price point, right? So as you expand and go a little further west, you're going 
having to sacrifice a little bit of condition because unfortunately some of those homes are estate sales or you know step up sellers per se who are moving to further west uh, into the suburbs but uh, the homes are not necessarily all in turn key so I think it's imperative for buyers to start understanding what has sold in the last three months in their price point so they can mm. understand what they can get for their money because a lot of them think well I saw that property closed but it was like right. a year ago and they're looking again at these websites third-party websites yeah. Zillow Trulia <laughs> they're telling them oh well you can get you know for 500 something in turn excuse me turnkey and in most cases I mean in na- neighborhoods like edge you know like say Edgebrook Saganach yeah, right <laughs> like in You're the not. nearby northwest suburbs you can't touch anything for less than what Probably four and up. Four and up. Yeah. Four fifty. Yeah. Four hundred thousand. And even that is not completely turnkey. It needs, yeah, it it's not work. a gut needs, rehab. Correct. It's a you know what we would call a do it yourself or like over time built equity. Except some of our first time or buyers now, millennials, are not and I know you're gonna front yeah. upon this, but the they don't understand talk. what sweat mm-hmm. equity building sweat, sweat equity is. They don't. They want it turnkey. And and that's where we, we come along and we educate. You know, we educate, we show them the properties. And then also, you know, sometimes a lot of times with uh, a lot of younger buyers, I'll go through the property and show, like, you know, let's look at the structure. Are the bones good? Is the, is the foundation it. solid? Is yeah. the windows good? The roof is good? I'm like, the kitchen and bath, don't worry. I'll give you some of my guys, rehabbers, that go to the wholesale and buy it, you know, and find cheap cabinets. So you got to look at the big picture. Yeah. You know? No, I definitely think it's just like the whole education process, right? Like it's always, you know, kind of walking them through the whole process of exactly right. what kind of inventory you're going to look at, what options they have. Like the other day, we had an open house on a property that's over on the northwest side, and it's definitely priced, you know, great pricing for the northwest side suburb, right? It's literally in a pocket between Edison Park, Jefferson Park, and stuff like that. So 200000 but that's definitely like a rehab type of property. Yeah. It's a property that you could put in 150000 worth of rehab work, get yourself a property that's going to be valued at anywhere between three eighty to 420000 Well, you know what you're dealing with in that particular case. You're going to have a 203K or a home-style rehab loan, Correct. but you'll be able to buy in low and then actually make it your own. So Correct. that's the one thing I tell people sometimes. If you don't see the inventory, let's just create the inventory. Exactly. Yeah, but let's you'll be surprised how a lot of people can't see past. And I love that, Greg, you said yeah. look at the bones, exactly. right? If it has that separate dining room that you're looking for, and if that kitchen is spacious enough for you to you know, take down those cabinets yeah. and expand into maybe. In. Exactly. <laughs> you can customize. But see, that's the difference between you and a real who's probably never worked with flipping or rehab homes yeah. um, because you can see past what it's cur- the current assets um, look of it all. And I love the fact that you talked about two or three K loans, Javier, because a lot of our consumers don't understand that there that there is that option with a two or three K loan. But if you're looking in a neighborhood like say Edgewater per se, and you're buying something for for three fifty, and there's not a lot of room there for you to go ahead and rehab a property with, you know, if your max is four fifty, can you work that those numbers out for us so we can understand better? Yeah. No, absolutely. Anytime you're going to go over the conforming loan limits, that's where it gets a little bit tricky, where you definitely have to have a little bit of skin in the game. What are conforming loan limits? Conforming loan limits right now here, at least in Cook County, we're at 424,000, right? So anytime you're going over the 424,000, you're kind of going into jumbo territory, non-conforming. Correct. When you're going into non-conforming, you have to have a little bit more skin in the game in the sense that you're going to have it to have at least 20 to 25% down in most cases to be able to get a construction loan or portfolio loan or just some form of temporary loan to at least get the property into to that rehab, you know, aftermarket value, and then go ahead and do your end loan at that particular time. <clears throat> so there's always financing options, and I actually come across a lot of different consumers sometimes who come across like hard money loans and stuff like that, where they're able to get a lot of that rehab money through some of these hard money lenders, and then just yeah, being but able I wouldn't to recommend that to somebody who's yeah. an owner occupant. I mean, hard money loans for somebody who's going to live in the property. 
Well, it what really depends think, on the yeah, actual they could. owner. They, they usually don't do that either. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hard money loans typically come with only investment deals. Right. Yeah, most most cases flips, but but it depend depend on the on the guy. You know, it might be a relative. Depends on the credit. You depends got a guy? on the asset it position. Might, you got a guy. I got a guy. Depends Italian. Italian. We got a guy who knows a guy who knows a guy who finds a guy. It might be an older Italian guy that has money to spare, and he you know he wants to. And he'll be at your doorstep. You don't pay him. He's a guy. He goes to church, and he wants to become a hard money guy. There you go. You know, so like you said, they go to church first. We got Pasquale fast now, all right? (laughs) He's also the person you give confessions to. (laughs) There's always a ways, right? There uh, is. You got to be creative and, uh, you know, you got to be positive and, you know, you always find a solution. I I always say there is always a solution. What do you do for families who are shopping and they absolutely cannot find anything in the MLS? Mm -hmm. Oh, that's actually, believe it or not, uh, yesterday I closed a deal where it was, um, the guy had a specific, literally it was three blocks. Mm-hmm. He only had a search in three blocks. It was like almost impossible to find what he wanted. And he saw by owner sign. Mm-hmm. And he called me like, Greg, you know, I love you. We've been working three years. I'm like, Sounds listen, don't worry. Send me a picture of the by owner sign. So you could literally, and then I worked it out. Mm-hmm. I worked it out. The by owner, we became great friends. I did dual agency. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they both agreed. They were happy with it. And we closed. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you could literally just cl- cl- uh, call the by owner uh, people or even send like a, do a mailer. Right. Like I'll do a mailer and do like, you know, I have a great buyer. I'm like, why don't you call me? And maybe I could sell your house. Okay. Uh, there's many things. You could do even Facebook uh, sponsor, like, you know, uh, uh, advertisement mm-hmm. and, 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 and hit a certain area. So there's many things. You got to be creative. Again, I really believe like a buyer got to find a good um, – an agent that's on top of it. Yeah, right. no, absolutely. That's, um, it's kind of like one of yeah. the things that I offer some of my real estate agents in certain cases. Like I work for a bank, so a lot yeah. of the times we get a lot of lists of like REO properties that are probably going to be going on the market pretty soon. Absolutely. So yeah. a lot of the times it's just kind of having like that quote-unquote pocket listing, right? So it's a yeah. listing that is not currently on the market, but we coming know soon. it's going to be coming down the pipeline here pretty soon. Yeah. So it's just a matter of having that network and being strategic about what you're going to do. Like a lot of the times I myself as a lender, I kind of assist my home buyers and my real estate agents in that process because because of the vast network that I have, a lot of the times when I have a realtor telling me, hey, Javi, I have a property that's going to be going on the market in about 20 to 30 days, I use my network to kind of share that information with everyone so that that way we could better assist each other. Right. So a lot of the times, you know, that continuity and just being in the industry for 10 plus years Absolutely. gives you that network so that you could really exercise those properties that are currently not on the market, maybe capitalize on those opportunities as Absolutely. well. Yeah, I completely agree. I, I mean, believe. we're plugged into the network where we know, like you said, Javier, just to tie back with what you're saying, you had a prop. I had a property that was coming on the market, and you said I have like 40 buyers that I can send this listing to, right? Yeah. And right. you sent it to all your your entire network as well as the agents, all the other realtors that you represent that you work with, and you were able to disseminate my listing, my new listing with your network. So always work with someone that is very plugged into the industry that is. Pre- transacting and I'm looking at you because what are you doing? I am doing nothing. I'm listening. I'm sipping my tea. You're just like, (laughs) you you know Chuck E. Cheese, the little (laughs) monkey that sits at the, with the keyboard. (laughs) (laughs) What is wrong with you today? Nothing. I'm listening. Anyway. Nick is a good guy. Thank you. I didn't say he was a bad guy. I'm just just getting warmed up. I'm letting the conversation go and eventually, (laughs) don't worry, you will get to hear me sooner or later. He's coming in. I'm not looking forward to that. Oh yes, you are. Okay, but what I was saying is work with someone, align yourself with someone that has access to pocket listings or has a network of colleagues that, I mean, I sometimes, uh, kudos to Gaspar, Becky, right? We just 
tried to put a deal together with Becky and Sonia. They, uh, they told us about a property that made the deal may be falling apart. And then we weren't able to buy on that one. But then they put something else in the market. And, of yeah. course, there was bidding wars. And, you know, you just have to work with someone that understands the market and that has a network of colleagues that are able to help you facilitate that listing for your buyer because there's not a ton mm-hmm. of uh, inventory. Correct. All right. So the topic of the show is basically five great tips on how to work under this distressed urgency, right? Mm-hmm. Where you need to make a decision. You don't want to be pressured. You don't want to overpay. Um, even though well, pressure words, is there. Well, the pressure is there, but you don't want to have any more added pressure, if you will. You don't want to overpay. Uh, on a property, although bidding wars happen and it feels like you're overpaying because that's the nature of a bidding war. However, you've given us two great tips so far. I've heard you say sometimes as an agent you have to go out and reach for sale by owners to make Absolutely. a deal work, even though it's not listed on MLS. Another one is it sounds like you personally take it upon yourself to find a property for somebody in a specific area by even going towards social media like a Facebook geotarget or a Twitter geotarget yeah. and say, hey, if you're interested in possibly selling your house, I have somebody available as we speak right this moment. Right? Yes. That's two. That's <laughs> Hate to put you on the spot, but it's my job to put people <laughs> on the spot here, right? Yeah. So no. I got to hear three, four, and fives. You want to spit it out? You want to spit it out? Or, of course, we can let our guests give us a third or Between a Between me and Carl, I think we should, we, we should come up with them. Yeah, why are we letting them, them yeah? come up with right. ideas three, four, on how five? to help people buy? We're not agents. We're just sitting here. You know, you know we, we do have another issue I'm on our hands. As, really. yeah, as lenders, yeah, exactly. we have to deliver this closing. Oh, within a you're just waiting time. for a contract. Oh. So you realize that we're so the This isn't our job. job. This isn't our job right now. Our job is to finance it should once there's the, a contract. Should I give them the skinny on you that? You guys have to put in a contract first. Share the secrets of the equity partners, girls. Okay, this is what the girls and I do. We actually Keep it clean, PG, please. I said the girls and I. Like I said, keep Araceli, it PG. Lucero, Jeannie, and I, my team, Equity uh, Partners, what we do. During the weekday, not nights or weekends. I cannot win with him. Okay. We actually canvas neighborhoods. We take on a day twice a week where we're canvassing news, uh, the neighborhoods of our clients' choices, mm-hmm. and we're leaving notes and saying we have a buyer who wants to move into your neighborhood. We've exhausted the MLS. Nice. And seriously, there is no other way because door knocking is the only way to do it because Absolutely. there is no inventory. People don't even know that they have equity in their homes or that they can go ahead and sell to us, and we're going to pay fair market value. We're not just going to say, you know, this is but what are you. My clients understand the market, and they understand there's nothing else available. So if everything is pending on the market, and everything else has sold, and there's only but two properties, and we've already seen those two properties, we understand the marketplace, and we're just there to facilitate. Maybe that seller doesn't want to deal with showings or the inconvenience. And we're working with a lot of multi-unit buyers, and the tenants don't want to be bothered. So we, we, the transaction is a little bit easier when you're working directly with the seller. Let me just jump in here and say this though: you're what? sending, you're canvassing the neighborhood, and that's actually a very good. And so that's a number three, a legitimate really number good three. Approach. Yeah. But you just Absolutely. said something in there that kind of struck me a little bit odd, um, which is normal of you. You, I'm sitting on my couch, watching the game in my underwear, completely happy in the neighborhood I'm living in. I have <laughs> no interest in selling. No, have no. It's hot. It's summertime, <laughs> so I have no interest in selling my house. <laughs> I am when I go out. Oh, you go out, um, all right? right. Cool. But when I'm at home, it's just in the underwear. I, it's all a right. crazy I have no image. I don't want a picture, but okay. And, get it and out here of my we head. are. I get a knock on the door, and hopefully it's Lucera, not you. And I answer the door in my underwear, and someone says, "We have a buyer for your house." I'm sorry, but you're nudging me to sell my house. I'm not knocking on I, your door. I'm leaving the note there. You know what I mean? Yeah. She brings a gift just card. Putting some color to the whole experience. But so we now, don't want your color. If I'm selling my house. I'd be expecting something a little bit better than, quote-unquote, 
market value, wouldn't you? If you're selling and you were well, just of course, not selling. right? But we're we're seeing so fair market-, market. There's okay. There's value in a lot of things, right? We understand money is a commodity and time is a commodity. If someone doesn't want to bother their tenants, in the case of a two flat situation, we can facilitate the no showings, not bothering your tenants. <clears throat> it's just a sale. My client's going to give you fair market value for this property. It's going to appraise out. We'll take it in some cases as is, so you don't even have to make the repairs that you were dreading making. And we have a willing and able buyer that can close in 45 days. What is wrong with that situation? I'm going to ask for more. Okay, so you're going to negotiate for a higher you, premium. So my we're obviously not going to be buying Nick's house. That's definitely for sure. But I might be the only one in that three-block location that's even right. entertaining the idea. At the end of the day, but we're if, talking about going above and beyond to get somebody guess, properties because there's no inventory. I guess what I'm trying to steer towards is is this urgency and lack of inventory and this absolute need for you to move your family in a school district. Correct. Yes. Um uh, Still puts you under the gun that you're going to pay a little bit higher than you really normally would Of course, would because you're talking about not at, really. being stressed about the process. But I'm sorry. You should have started shopping like six months ago. ago <laughs> because I yeah. always say your property will sell. If you have to sell your property, sell it. Let, put yourself in, put your stuff in a storage. And I'm sorry, make yourself flexible because if you're not flexible, you're going to lose leverage. And in, 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 the, in this case, mostly it's cash. You're going to have to pay a premium for moving in a rush and identifying a home because these are marketing campaigns. You're talking about geo farming on social media. Mm-hmm. entering the zip code and targeting I have a buyer we want to buy in this area maybe putting an ad on in a newspaper those are like marketing and it doesn't it's not overnight it takes time right because right. people have to read it they have to it think does. about it then they're going to call you I mean we've had many cases where I had a family that the the daughter was going to be relocating the mother into a home like a senior home and it was a great opportunity for us we got it for a really good price and the client was happy we actually helped them move out we hire movers we hire an estate sale company that came in and took care of everything for them and we were able to make that purchase and my client was happy to move in and the other family was happy that they got fair market value for their home and yeah in some cases we do pay a premium because we want that property Greg, well, everything right. you're going to pay for a premium. It's like if you book a ticket at the last minute, you're it's always going to pay a little bit more on and it. And I you bet you it's going to be less than being in a bidding war where somebody tells yeah. us give you give us your highest and best, and you're bidding yourself. Or maybe yeah, it depend. But also we could look at you know I go with my clients. I'm like you know what if this property is a little bit let's say it's twenty thirty thousand above what the market fa- uh, fair value is. Let's look at it. Let's let me fill out the agent. Let me fill fill them out. See wh- where they stand. Maybe they want an offer. Maybe we could. You know what? That property that looks like it was overpriced, it ends up being in the budget. Let's let's so, go ahead and, and like really educate our clients, so our consumers, on what is overpriced in this market. I don't necessarily think anything is overpriced. If it's overpriced, it's going to sit on the market for more than than market market average time on market. And there's these little cool tools that the MLS provides us that we can uh, we can say what is the average time on market. The average time of market is 15 days, and that property has been on the market for 20 to 30 to 60 days. You're overpriced. Then you're overpriced. But if you're in a multiple bidding war, that property was never overpriced. It was strategically priced you're to right. generate multiple but offers. That's where there's, it's a snaky situation. You hear it time and time again. Agents are starting to slightly list under what they think is exactly underpriced, and then that is- thing turns into somehow miraculously a, a non-appraisable war. property yeah, because it's overpriced. Out. Yeah. So that's that's a very you know, mm, well, that's a conversation that you definitely have to have with the consumer, gotta, right? So it's like you, you, I someone, had a specific uh, situation like this happen in Park Ridge, and it was a property that we went under contract for five hundred and seventy thousand. And I remember the agent specifically telling me that there was absolutely no way that the property was going to appraise for five seventy, 
but the buyer was willing to pay $20,000 over asking price because they had three kids that they wanted to have in that school district. They took a look at the cost of St. Pat's. It was going to cost them about 28000 a year yep. to put those three kids at St. Patrick High School. So for them, one year of private education was paid for that, that over asking price. Oh, yeah. So they, for themselves, they knew that they were going into that situation. Appraisal did come in light, came in at 545000 and they ended up paying for the, the remaining portion out of pocket. And I remember at first glance, I was like, you're really you're you're buying over, but they told me that like, Javier, we think that the appreciation value in Park Ridge is exactly. definitely going to be there, and the fact that we're going to be paying about close to thirty thousand in just high school tuition to put our kids elsewhere, based off of where they were living at at the time, it made perfect sense for them. It's so it's valid, all about right? numbers. Never the... lie, men lie, women lie, numbers don't lie. No, you're if right. If you ever do the numbers, cor- you know, the specifically. <laughs> They will always add up, you know, so that's the one thing. It's like if you really want to get into specifics, crunch the numbers and really see where you need to be. Right. It's a plus or minus, right? If you want to be in that location, you want to be in that school district. Unfortunately, we have to sacri- make sacrifices and it's spending that, that money. And, and like you said, Greg, it's over time, right? $10,000, $20,000. Correct. Sorry to interrupt you. So it might be it might be it seems like you overpaid. But mm-hmm. if you crunch a number like Javier said, it, it actually made sense. Actually, they save money yeah. in the long run. And then it might, it might be too, let, let's say they lost, what about if they would have lose that house? Another buyer would have paid. And then right. guess what? The values went up for the area. So guess what? Then the next house that comes up, you have to pay more. Because mm-hmm. your appraised value, now somebody cash came in, bought that property, and now you're paying more for the next house that you really probably don't even now like. now the comp is there. Exactly, because the comp is there. Exactly. So it's strange how it works, but you got to, I think, like you said, you got to look at the big picture. Right. Absolutely. have to understand, and we as realtors and investment consultants, we have to help our clients understand it. And you're talking about a savvy investor who's maybe, or a buyer who's looking as a step up and they bought before. But when you're talking about talking to a first-time buyer, and unfortunately anything in that $300,000 tr- threshold, it's it's there's not a lot of inventory. So we're finding right. that our buy, our first-time buyers are seeing this. This is shocking to them because they want a good deal, right? And perception is where you buy some, it's listed at three, and then you get it for two seventy five, two eighty five. Yay, we got a great deal. But then you're listed at three, and then now you're you're paying three and a quarter. You know, three fifteen, and you're like, I didn't get a really good deal because I overpaid. And so I think it's all about the the mentality of the marketing ploy, right? It, it is always mentality and the confidence too. You know, we could see it from the you know the when when the market was doing not that good and people didn't have confidence, they would they wouldn't pay the extra money, and now they are. But also, I think I always ask my clients, like, how long you plan to stay there? Mm-hmm. If they tell me, like, you know, I'm just planning to stay there a couple of years. Then a couple of years, yeah, let's do our math. Let's be careful mm-hmm. because it's going to be hard maybe in one, two years, you know, 3% average goes up to gain that value. Yes. I don't want to put you in that. Good but idea. if they're going to if they're thinking about staying there five, 10 years and raise their family, then I'm like, you know, you got to look at the, you know, in the long run. Long-term picture. Time. Yeah, long-term yeah. picture. You're no, absolutely, because okay. especially, like, be for okay. me, like, it, uh, it always goes, that's why I always say do the interview, do the your intake with your client. Because, like, for specifically, a lot of times when I get people who are looking to, like, move out, a lot of the times, at least for me specifically in my situations, you guys might have more toddlers and stuff like that. It's a lot of high school kids. Yeah. So I always tell them, like, you always have to think about, like, well, you're going to become an empty nester probably in about five to seven years. These kids are going to go to college, okay. and then all of a sudden the kids go to college, and maybe they're not living at home. So it's always about the long-term goal. Right. Correct. And then just put in the proper plan of action. Long term goal. And another tool that you can use. I don't know if you you have access to this, but we have a market action report, which basically tells us like the average time of market, but also what has sold. And for example, we're in June. What sold in what what? Uh, how what sold in June of last year, and you know, so people can calculate appreciation mm-hmm. over time. Because even if you're looking at a two to three year 
um, stay, you can still get some appreciation in it and be able to stay in the property of your choice or in the location of your choice. And we're talking about families who are shopping in this you know, summer market time crunch. Um, they're typically going to stay there for a longer time and they're looking for their kids. So you're talking about high school, grammar school, ele- right, elementary school is a big significant reason why people are moving right now. Elementary. Elementary. So I guess as long as you have uh, the bones right in the property that you like, then you can go ahead and do a rehab loan per se or um, two or three K loan. And you can get into a property, even if it doesn't look the way yeah. that kitchen that you imagine and you want it, you could always customize it. And even with flips, you know, you no. find it that they're not they They weren't rehab to where you want it. I've had clients say, I want to buy this oh, property. And they pay they pay a premium for a flip because it's turned key. And then they're like, but I hate the counters. And I, I would have preferred the white cabinets from the other house. Yeah. And now I have the mocha color ca- cabinets. This way you can customize. And, you know, yeah. you're buying a 275 and, you know, appraising out at 450 But you only dump in twenty five or 50000 into the rehab. I Absolutely. think that's a good deal. Well, everyone's replacing kitchens and bathrooms every five to ten years anyways. Yeah. You got it right. Exactly. So what's the difference? Right. All right. So what do we do? We got four. We got four. I got four. Wait, let's rehash them real quick. One, two, three. We have, no, we're at four now. We have hitting in for sale by owner. Mm-hmm. Okay. Social media attack on behalf of the agent. All right. Okay. Direct marketing. Traditional okay. canvas marketing, I guess yeah, what you call marketing. it. Going yeah. from door to door. Yeah. Um, what was the fourth one again? We just uh, too many Moscow, Mexican mules. Sorry. Too many Mexican mules. Yeah. I don't know. What's the fourth one? Greg, what's your fourth one? No, we had four. We had four, I think. The Rehabbing? We're supposed to be coordinating the show from that Wait, seat. Hey, you know what? <laughs> yeah, you're in the driver's seat. Yeah, you're in the driver's seat. Step up your game. Step up the game. Okay, right. what so are we're the at four? number four right now. Okay, right? which are? Finding a good property with good bones, good structure. Finding a property with good bones so that you could go ahead and do How a rehab. How does that speed up the process? Huh? Because then you have more options. Yes. Instead of looking like for a property that has white and white cabinets, you're looking like a grandma house. Oh. And there's many gram houses, and okay, you have options. That seventies warp, right? you know, when you walk in, you have pink Sorry. tile so and yellow kind of, tile everywhere. Something that's not ideal, but you know, getting the price, and sacrifice condition for sacrifice location, condition so that that way you and can rehab get creative later. with the rehab options right. and some oh, of those are financing solid. options. They're better so. than some rehabs, actually. Believe it or not, yeah, because you can right. customize your finishes. So. Okay, 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 okay. Gotcha, gotcha. Grandma's Sorry. house, buy grandma's house. Estate sales, Nick. PC. What, there's no estate, it could be a grandma house that doesn't always exist. Nick's house probably looks like a grandma. What about an investment option? Have you guys oh, ever thought about well, that? So, like, I've I, had to do that a couple five. times. You can't deliver number five. You're not the realtor. Hey, it's a, it's an investment option. Can though. You go I definitely back? think I've had to flip a couple properties from primary occupancy to investment occupancy in certain cases. Okay. Because maybe you have to take a look at you know what this is in a long term goal, but it's a really good investment option. Maybe we can use this as a temporary vehicle until we find That's that long term property. Mm-hmm. Right. Wait, what was that? So he, he, let's hey. say I just like whoa <laughs> everyone <laughs> over your head. So what about? <laughs> Finding a property that maybe isn't ideal for you or whatever for your family, but finding a really good investment option. Maybe you find like a, a condo. Maybe a condo. Uh, maybe you okay. find a condo that's reasonably priced as opposed to renting. You could buy a condo, then later on convert it into an investment until you find the actual true property that and you want to find. And you're saying use that to get you in the school district. Yeah. Or maybe even a multiple family, like Carla loves doing the two flats. <laughs> so maybe flat. maybe a two flat. Maybe a two flat. Two and maybe me. it works out. Possibly. And they could stay I don't know about number five, man. I don't know. The, what are you thinking? You were doing I, good until you, and I just figured out who you remind me of with those help with those headphones. Right, yeah. yeah. I, I'm gonna share it. I'm uh, gonna give it to uh, you after the show. Let's <laughs> go for it. But okay, I'm gonna think can of a we picture. please stop picture. being okay, we're <laughs> not five. bullying our colleagues in the studio. We're not bullying. Number 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 it's five. What bullying. about the agent? Finding a really good agent. What? 
Well, now we can I mean, end we're the under, show. I think Let's we're get out. Finding a really good agent. That's think, number five. I think that's kind of, no, that's a cheating number five. That's a cheating, that's a cheating number five. five. Because we're under the premonition you found a good agent if this okay. person's already willing to, all right, so he's, uh, he's, you know, he's go out all the way to Facebook <laughs> or dig up for sale okay. by owners. It's already a good agent, okay. right? All right, all right. Come on, come on, come on. Don't cheat your way out of market overdrive. I'm going to give Greg an opportunity to redeem himself. This is the mod squad. This is the mod squad, not the fraud squad. we got to come up with real good stuff. Come up with some good standards. What do you do for your clients when you you dry it out? There's nothing in the MLS. Everything's pending. There's only that one No one's responding to your direct mail. No one's doing your Facebook advertising. What does it get down to? Really, it gets down. they got to be comfortable. And it's educating them, showing them properties, showing them different options. Maybe you got to do 15 showings, maybe 20, maybe 25. They got to be comfortable because what happened, a lot of my clients end up being like, they become, they become realtors. They know so much about the market. They learn so much. Never. They don't, don't become, yeah, they, they don't want to do it anyway. <laughs> they're like, Greg, you're crazy. <laughs> you're still working at 10? But no, but they get educated. And yeah. so we've been in different houses, like from, from the rehab house to the grandma house to, so they know so much or like where it gets to the point where they're like, they're like, you know what? I, you know, they're educated. Right. And I, I think that's uh, a lot of my clients. That's what I, you know, that's what I work out with them because it's hard sometimes to find the right one, and they they have to understand, feel comfortable because not all it's they don't believe not believe the agent, but you know they believe the agent, but they have all these sites, you know, sending them property, so they think always there's something better. So you're like, you know, well, let's go out there. Right, and, and I, and I love that it. you're saying about educate them so, and understand the market that where they become as savvy as maybe a realtor. Absolutely. But as you know, as investment consultants and realtors, that's truly what we're doing. We're out there in the trenches. We're seeing the markets. We're seeing what's selling, right? So mm-hmm. I think it goes back to education. And Javier, you keep mentioning the intake. I mean, I always tell my team, do not take out a buyer until we sat down and had that one-on-one consultation. Because you want to educate them and go back to my, my example earlier where show them exactly what has sold in the last three months so that they can be like, wow, or even one month ago, or what's yeah. currently under contract. And be- under contract, you really can't gauge as to what it's going to sell at, but you can understand based on what has sold, like what people are paying for specific properties and in the condition and the number of bedrooms and the size. Uh, but going back to how do you create inventory for someone that is looking for something that per- perhaps maybe a shiny penny is what we call it, right? They understand the market. They understand we're going to pay a premium. One of those things that we do is obviously canvassing where we can find something and it may be direct mail, right? But another thing that you can do is also, and ask from your realtor, is to look at the MLS, right? Somebody who sold five or bought five years ago may be in the market for selling selling now. So maybe send out direct mail to them and find out if they're looking to sell their properties. Um, That's another way to create inventories, and this is what we do for our clients who are specifically looking what I like to say, creative budget, right? We're in that threshold where we can't find, th- find everything because every, we're in bidding wars and we're just tired of competing with, for the same property. So we'll go ahead and create our own inventory. But remember, you have to give yourself time because this is not overnight. It's a marketing campaign. So canvassing, uh, Facebook ads, going back to what sold, who bought five years ago and solicit them directly. Um, also cancels and expired, right? We know somebody tries selling maybe in the fourth quarter of last year maybe yeah. they're ready now maybe they had a reason why they took it off the market you have to be able to create that also go to the city find out who's pulling permits right we've had we had jo- uh Dasling yeah. talk Dasling. about you know coming going to the city finding out who's pulling permits so you know what pro- projects are going to be coming in you can contact that um that developer directly and find out it, what kind of product are they bringing on the market and maybe it's a good match for your client there's also distressed mortgages one of the things that i sometimes get from my, a lot of the credit bureaus sometimes sell this information but you can actually look up 
people in a specific geocode and actually see if maybe they might be 120 days to 160 days behind on their mortgage. And those might be prime candidates that you can possibly discuss to see if you might be able to do a short sale or might be able to do something before they actually lose a foreclosure. So it's always a matter of finding and identifying situations where you might be able to capitalize on opportunity. Obviously, someone who's behind on their mortgage for four to five months might be interested in selling that property, even as a short sale. Right. So the key is align yourself with someone that's hardworking, not someone who's just going to wait and say, hey, did you see something you like in the MLS? And they expect you to say yes, and I want to buy. This is someone who's going to aggressively seek and create inventory for you based on your criteria, especially if you're working with that very creative uh, budget where, you know, you may not be you may not be able to afford that neighborhood, so we have to go to someone directly that may be in, in a distressed situation. I mean, Cook County Records for someone that may be in litigation or someone that may be going through a divorce that may need to liquidate that asset right away. Um, so there's always options. You just have to make sure that you align yourself with the realtor that's willing to put in the work um, because this is not easy right now. It's hard Absolutely. to find the inventory. Is that a legitimate number five? That was a legitimate number five. Liking your like number five that includes I think we kind of squeaked out. I, I, I think it's screening the proper re- agent. Let's just redo the, the tips and tricks for <laughs> it's all we got. So yeah. I would say screening the proper agent should be like replace number is, one. Like this should be number one, and then you move it down all the way down the line. I think we kind of cheated number five. I think we should just say it's a four tricks. Four tricks? Because, I mean, again, we're assuming you found... This is for That's for another okay. show, finding the right we, agent. We, we assume you it. have found the right agent all the time. Let's just go with the hat tricks since so we got the, the Italian the here in the office. We're just going to go with the hat tricks. Four to five. What's the difference? But now it's like he's going to bring me down with Albanians, Italians. They do the same thing. All the time. I'm the hands All right, man. four is five. Four is good. Five is good. I mean, look, when you have those four. Do you hear him? I mean, I just gave out some really good advice as to how you to You gave good inventory. advice about how you're picking the right agent and all that stuff. No, I whole did not. Sh- Were you listening? Not really. Oh, my God. I'm just kidding. She broke no, I was, knowledge. But it kind of, I, totally I was, but it, it goes back out. to kind of going to that whole. I think anyone tricks. listening could have gotten the a continuing education an hour out of that. For sale by owners, social media, canvassing. These are direct hits of like things that you don't typically do when you're house shopping. Right. Your right. agent will do for you in order to find something that doesn't exist or to alleviate the pressure of doing it under the gun. But it's important for our listeners to understand agent, they have to give themselves time because this is not something that patient. happens overnight. They have to have patience. But you can't say give yourself time in order, and that's how you're going to fix this short, you're under the gun. Then you have to start earlier. You have to start Then you won't be under the gun. You won't be under the gun. That's the purpose of the show content. Saying you are under the gun, what do you do? Yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. Then you overpay, right? That's it. Well, no. unfortunately, hey, like he said earlier, you want to go to the big game the day of the game, you're going to pay the most for the ticket. Yeah. Why does it always go back to sports with you guys? It's, it's like, and you want to go to the big show. The, 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 if you want to go to Hamilton, you go to the, Hamilton the last two the, shows, the, it was an arm and a leg to go to Hamilton. That's, or, I mean, than, that's for sure. Yeah. You know, it's the way it is. But I think we got four solid tricks and tips yeah. in my Absolutely. opinion. Absolutely. Which is still more than enough. I think yeah, it's really well, good no, information. The truth is that that's here. not really a trick on how to fix the need right now. I think it's just important, uh, you know, at, at all times, and this is just in any transaction. It's just definitely do your interview process with your real estate agent. Make sure that they're going to be committed and actually going to do these things for you and actually see if they're actually doing what they say they're going to say they're going to do, right? You're going to know. If you've been working with an agent for two to three weeks and you're not seeing any form of activity or follow-up phone calls or urgency in trying to get you to see a property, you may be working with the wrong agent. The last thing is that if this is a school necessity, you actually have to show proof that you own the house in order to really get into the school, right? You right. do. So if yeah. you're in a time crunch and you, want, and you want your kid to yeah. make this, the, the, you know, start the opening day of school, if you will, not only do you have to have it on a contract, but you have to have it financed in time. 
But yeah. see, that's, that's that where I thought Javier was going uh, with that. Because I've actually seen families that... You don't that want it. You can't be in the school district, man. At least I know from a couple situations. You have to have a HUD settlement. Well, closing disclosure, you know, the HUDs. That you are the owner. Closing disclosure, you usually need something of that sort. In certain cases... You need a driver's license and you need... You, but you, you need, need a change bill. of address. You need a change of address. No, you you won't be bill. able to get a bill unless you have some form of ownership over the property. You're you need to close to that bad boy before it's time. You can't. Yeah. Uh, you written need, a contract is usually not going to fly through some of the better school districts. Right. Because anyone can write up a contract. I love how you're not listening to the mommy who has kids and CPS with <laughs> how you have what you need to do to get your kids That's your school district. My sister bought a piece of property and is under construction, and they still wouldn't let the kid go to the high school there. That's crazy. Until they resided. So she had to start renting. She went through all of it. So every district is different. I'm just telling yeah. you, you should probably own that house if you really want to be secured and moving your Where I thought you were going with that whole thing with buying a condo and be creative. It's, I've actually had clients that do buy a, well, a he studio, a one-bedroom condo in the vicinity of Nettlehurst because they wanted to be in that school. Every district But is everything different. was $2 million, $3 million, yeah. And so we wanted to. And it, she was looking for, what, something that was creative in a special space. So you have to be able to be cre- you know, get creative. Creative if you're going to get a studio and rent it out, and then now you're in the school district. You yeah, you got to be creative. I, I think being creative is important. <laughs> wow, <laughs> I was always looking yeah, at it. dude. Amazing. It's hard to get kids into schools these days, and you have to. Then it gives you more time to shop, right? If you're going to be able to buy an investment property, keep it as an investment, and then you find the house of your dreams, and then you know, obviously, or, you're going to have to find somewhere to put your. Well, one well, of the things that I've been did. seeing with like millennials specifically, like they've actually been buying. I've received a couple investment purchases from millennials because they themselves don't want to settle down or stay in a specific area, but they got money. They just yeah. got a trust fund. They just graduated, graduated out of college, got a lot of money, and they're like, hey, you know what? I don't want to buy a primary, but I'm interested in buying a condo that I can possibly rent out. Or I'm interested in a two-fly or three-fly that can generate me some income. Well, news to you. Buy in a school district that people want to, you know, who's- Absolutely. Buy in a desirable a great- school district because in that way, you're always going to have a surplus of good people to rent to. Definitely. Awesome. It's the end. We can go back and do what we do best, and that is Complaining work. for you? Complaining. Elevating the real estate IQ. No, I gotta go do showings. I have like showings? six showings. Yes, awesome. go back to you know work, right, Greg? Right. That's they right. don't work. They just sit in front grand, of a grand. desk computer. La, 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 la. Mm-hmm. Where am I? Where are my do. contracts? I live in my car. <laughs> I I live in my car. You should see I live my in car. My desk. <laughs> go it's ahead, real. Nick. Close it out. Go ahead. No, no I'm you enjoying my. Well. Coffee. Well. Coffee. That's it. That's it. Under the gun, need to buy a house, and you got to get into a school district really quick. We showed you four legitimate tricks on how to do it today with our special guest, Greg Cerrone. I swear five, but okay. Me. From Metro, what was it pronounced? Metro Interdome. 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 Interdome Realty. Greg, give us uh, your best contact information. How does everyone get a hold of you if they're looking to, to work with you? Yeah, you could call me uh, right on my cell and text me, 708-415-6755. I'm writing that number. Or go inbox me. If you missed something or you wanted to rehash the show, you can obviously watch this along with any of our other shows on our YouTube channel at Market Overdrive along with right here on Facebook for those of you that are watching live. We have quite a few that were watching live. You must be famous, man, um, which is Facebook forward slash Market Overdrive. You can also follow us. You can tweet us. Twitter at Market Overdrive. This is a WGN podcast, so feel free to go to iTunes and download and subscribe to the podcast or just follow the page. But Nonetheless, you will be able to find Greg and this show and all the other shows on our Market Overdrive website and, um, of course, all our social media channels. So with that being said, this show is over. We are going back to work. We will see you again next Wednesday at 10 a.m. And I love your headphones, and I just figured out who you Come on, like. bring it. See you guys later. <laughs> Wait a <laughs> second. You. Who is it? That's for the next show. Oh, Uh-oh. my God. <laughs>